You are listening to Feeling Good, a podcast for dentists, hosted by Dr. Laura Mock. This is a space where we talk about all things wellness, just for dentists. If you're looking for help treating yourself better, mentally, emotionally, and physically, you're in the right place. All right. So here we are. It's another beautiful fall day here in Iowa, and I'm here to talk to you about emotional intelligence. And I'm going to start with a question. Have you ever walked into a room and all of a sudden you just know that you interrupted a really uncomfortable conversation? It's like you walk in and all of a sudden you're kind of looking around and there's this energy. What did you see when you walked into the room? You might've seen some nonverbals like some sighs and some frowns or some body language that was communicating uh, discomfort or unhappiness. And what did you feel in the room? It was probably some bad energy. Where does that even come from? We're going to talk about that today and how as humans, we are kind of like pack animals and our moods, our emotions in humans are actually contagious. So I read a book recently called Primal Leadership by Daniel Goleman. He takes the um, emotional intelligence lessons that we've learned from psychology in the last few years, and he applies those lessons to being a leader. And so his book is actually written for leaders and business owners. And I'm going to start by explaining what he says is the definition of emotional intelligence. It's essentially the ability to recognize, understand, and manage our own emotions. If you could just picture a toddler screaming in the Walmart grocery section, maybe he's on his back kicking and screaming. This is the opposite of having emotional intelligence. This toddler has feelings and doesn't know exactly what to do with them anymore. It's also the ability for me to not lose my mind when I'm standing in a long line or I'm in a slow traffic situation. It's the ability to understand that I alone am responsible for my feelings and my actions. Now, Mr. Goldman teaches that as leaders, our emotional intelligence is the biggest factor in determining the success of our business. And why do you think that is? Well, Our mood, which is our emotion, creates our actions. It drives that. Therefore, our mood affects our employees' mood as well. And our employees' mood creates their actions. So if we own a business and we have people working for us, we can't do every action that needs to be done in the business. We need our employees to do most of the actions. So we need to be able to direct their actions by giving them the opportunity to have the right feelings. And as humans, we are pack animals. In that way, we're not very different from, for example, have you ever seen a big flock of birds in the fall or the spring flying in the sky? And they're swooping and they're turning and they're this amorphous blob of birds, but they're moving together. They're not saying words to each other like, now we're going to fly west. Now we're going to fly up or down. It's just happening. It's all nonverbal communication. And maybe as humans, we're not as precise as birds are, but we have that same thing. Another example is, have you ever watched dolphins hunting? 
again, they're not having long conversations about what they're going to do next or who should go where they're using their nonverbal communication to, um, to communicate the directives. Some things are just communicated without words. Now, if you think about that and you think, if you think you can fake it, I would invite you to picture your dental assistants on a day when you're having a bad day. You can pretend like everything's fine to the patient and you can be all sounding happy and cheerful, but your dental assistants know it if you're faking it. And my assistants can tell everything without me saying a word. They even know what instrument to hand to me, even if it's not the normal one that I would usually take. It's wild how they can do that. And they can sniff it if you're not feeling appreciative of them. You can even say, thank you so much. I appreciate you so much, but they know it if you're not telling the truth. Now let's step back for a second and let's just talk about the typical day for one of you, just in the dentisting part, okay? So I'm not even talking about what you do before or after work. Just bear with me for a second while we explore what derails our modes, okay? Our main instrument turns at 250,000 RPMs and we use it on living tissue that has nerves and is connected to patients who have anxiety. And it's in a place where millimeters matter, angles matter, isolation matters, cooperation matters. And sometimes we're doing it on patients with really protective airways or, you know, always my classic example, they can't lay back all the way, whatever. There's all these things that are connected to what we are trying to fix. And we have nature and um, biofilm and forces working against us. And then on top of that, you know, if we just had to use our drill and our handpiece and our um, our instruments, we could probably do okay. But then layer on top of that, the fact that we have the pressure to be the communication leaders in our practice. And that's both with our team members that we employ and also our patients. And I don't know about you guys, but sometimes communication can be very draining, especially if I'm trying to explain to a patient why they keep getting cavities or why we wanna treat their gum disease all these things where it's very important for me to communicate to them that I have their best interests at heart and I need to answer their questions and allay their fears. It can, I love doing it, but it can be exhausting. And then the other thing that happens besides those two factors, you know, the drill and then the communication, the next is that all day long, we're seeing our own vulnerabilities. So that might be in patient non-compliance, that might be in having the problems with our team or clinical failures. Every time I see a stain on one of my fillings, I'm like, oh, why is that happening? And then besides that, there's business worries because many of us have purchased our jobs and we're, we are entrepreneurs and that means we've got bills and payroll and all those things. The reason that I'm pointing all of this out is that if our brain goes unchecked from all those different factors, our mood, which is guided by the thoughts we have about all those things I just said, can go sour quickly. And if so, those thoughts are hurting our business right now. Now, after I read 
primal leadership, I decided to do an experiment that I'm going to tell you about. And I already wrote an article about this. It's in the Dental Entrepreneur Women's blog, just in case um, you want to look it up. It's called My Dental Happiness Experiment. And it's Dental Entrepreneur Women. So up until this point, when I realized that my mood was so important, being cheerful to my team had not been at the forefront of my mind. In fact, in my practice environment, being happy had become an afterthought for me. If I thought of being nice to my employees, I pictured it as something I was doing to be nice for charitable reasons, because, you know, I'm a good person and all. I didn't think about it in terms of the benefit to myself. What if I chose to be happy deliberately for me, for my mood, and also for my business outcomes? And I wanted to try this out. I mean, what could it hurt? I went to sleep on a Sunday evening reviewing in my mind that my good mood could actually make a bigger impact on my bottom line than any other skill I could learn. So Monday morning arrived and I was pumped. Our huddle began and instead of reporting to my team the exact time frame of the insomnia I had the night before or about my husband snoring, I told them how excited I was to work this day with them. And I encouraged positive discussion about our day. I directed if we went off the rails. There were smiles all around and I thought, hmm, maybe this emotional contagion is a real thing. At the end of our meeting, I just, I expressed gratitude for each and every one of them and sent them off to give the best service possible. And we worked our butts off that day. All day long, I mindfully remembered that my mood was a valuable asset for my own work satisfaction and my bottom line. Even though we worked ridiculously hard that day, we ended the day with smiles on our faces and pride in our level of service. And I can't emphasize this part enough, you guys. Not only did we all have a good time that day, but our numbers were off the charts. And I thought to myself, we need to try this again tomorrow. And I did. And we had another phenomenal day. And I did this all week. And I think by the end of the week, my team knew something was up. Now, have you ever been around a boss or a professor or a leader of any kind who did the exact opposite of what happened in my office that week? I have. Freshman year of dental school in my simulation clinic operative course, I was trying to master class two preparations. And it was really hard for me. One day, a professor volunteered to stay after school to help the students who needed feedback on their preps. I was daunted, but I was also determined, so I called my husband and told him that I would be home late that night and to feed the kids and put them to bed because I had to stay to practice or I would never get better. Feeling very humble and embarrassed, I called the professor over to my pod to ask for advice on how to make this mangled plastic tooth look like a neat little box with slightly convergent walls. He looked at my dentiform in disgust. He told me that my prep would not pass boards. Then, as I was trying to tell him that I knew it sucked, but that I was trying to get better, he stood up and walked away. My heart fell. I would never be able to prep a class two. All that debt I had burdened my husband and children to bear in the form of my first year of student loans would be wasted, and I would have to pay it back selling meth on the streets for years to come. Imagine if that teacher had been my boss instead of my instructor. 
Do you think that I would want to go to the ends of the earth each day if I was treated like that? Now let's go back to the definition of emotional intelligence. You know, that ability to not act like a toddler. I asked myself, how have I been acting like a toddler in my practice? And how has it been affecting my results? Now, this is the part I always get to, guys, where I lay out my own vulnerability so you don't have to. I'm going to tell you some of the dumb things I've done. This is a really hard one. Um, It was so helpful when I realized I was doing it. Getting huffy when we're busy and things weren't perfectly ready in an operatory. Now, if it's a typical day and the assistants have the proper amount of time to get ready and they're not doing it, then I have an opportunity to be a leader and pull my assistants aside and say, hey, what's going on? Do we need to perfect our, um, our systems here? But if it's a busy, crazy day and the assistant hasn't had time to go back and take a sip of water, I don't have any space to get huffy if everything's not out because we're all just doing our best to get through the day. And you guys know which days I'm talking about. Here's another one. I know I already mentioned this briefly, but complaining about my insomnia at the morning huddle. You guys, I got into the habit of doing this. I thought that it was really important for everybody to know exactly what time I woke up and fell back asleep. (laughs) Why did I think that was going to (laughs) improve our morning meetings? I'm not really sure, but don't make that mistake. This is one that the employees actually pointed out to me. So we have a a bonus that we do 12 times a year. And um, I got into the habit of poo-pooing the bonus when we would announce how big it was. I'd be like, well, hopefully it'll be better next time. Or I would say, at least we covered our expenses this month. Instead of thanking the employees and rewarding them for their hard work. Like if I'm going to bother to do a bonus, why am I pouring buckets of rain on it by complaining about it at the same time. (laughs) And this one's bad too. This is my last example. We always huddle twice a day. We huddle at the beginning of the day and the end of the day. And at the end of the day, I started to get into these conversations where we were having a contest for who deserved the award for most tired. Not like that's not who gets the award. It was just like, well, this happened to me. Oh, this happened. And I was so tired. Instead of just thanking my team for the contributions they made, which would have been much better for the mood and the practice. So those are some of the things that I have done in the past that haven't been awesome. And I have a question for you. What mood did you share with your employees last week? What mood do you want your employees to get from you this week? And why that mood in particular? You might wanna write it down. And how will your practice be better if you can spread that mood? Now, this is where it starts. What do you need to feel so that you can lead your team to feel it too? And since your thoughts lead to your feelings every time, what can you think to give yourself that feeling? So you guys want to know what I told myself during my own dental happiness experiment? I said this in my car to myself every morning. My mood is worth money. (laughs) It was what spoke to me and it made me feel invigorated. And when I felt invigorated, I was ready to share that invigoration with my team. And what do you think your thought could be this week? 
Do you want to try mine out or do you want to make your own? If you want to make your own, take a moment. I'm almost finished with the podcast. Take a moment when I'm done talking to just experiment with some sentences you could say to yourself before you go into the office the next morning. Choose a sentence that gives you the feeling you want and that feeling will drive your actions. And then afterwards, if this experiment has been helpful, will you do me a favor? Will you reach out to me and share your sentence and the impact that it had? I would love to hear from you and hear how things went. Well, that, and that's all that I have for you today. I have really been enjoying hearing from you more since I started my podcast. And if you've been thinking about reaching out to me, please do so. I would love to hear from you. Thanks everyone. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Feeling Good, a podcast for dentists. To learn more, please visit thelifecoachforbusydentist.com and take advantage of my current offer for a free, no obligation consultation to find out if having a life coach is right for you. I promise you won't regret it.